after a week hiatus because mm-hmm. Yasmin was travelling to, well she was in Greece jet setting about also <laughs> and so Mark's next week I'll be here and then the week after I'm going to be in Croatia and then oh, I'm going to be back for a week and then the week after I'm going to be in Bosnia so I'm going to probably skip every second are week bouncing, are you bouncing from Croatia to Bosnia or are you going no, to I don't know. back I'm going to go Croatia Croatia with like a group of girls then come back and then go to Bosnia with like a wee travel group, so it's be a bunch of people. I don't know. What's Never thought of Bosnia as like a, a a place to visit. I just think of war. Yeah, well, dude, I kind of want to go for two reasons. See, when we were really young, like my mom and dad used to always help with like refugees and asylum seekers coming here, <laughs> um, especially ones from like Arab countries. Um, and I specifically remember ones coming from Bosnia and like us like helping out and like me playing with the kids the wee Bosnian kids as well oh, and nice. then so I really remember them and the thing is they'd just be passing through Glasgow but I never knew what happened to them afterwards and I obviously never saw them again and I see when I started working at the bank that I was working at previously there was a girl sat next that shall not be named yeah that shall not be named and there was girl sat next to me and we started chatting away and she's got this really awesome accent I just could never place and I was like oh, where are you from like originally and she's a come from Bosnia and I was like oh my god that's so cool I used to play like Bosnian kids when I was little and she's like yeah we went to Glasgow she goes we actually came to Glasgow when we were really really young and she goes I remember being there and I was like what wow I, I think I played with this I know I think I played with this girl when I was like little and that's I so just, cool. I don't know, it's really it's just really random so I kind of always wanted to go there and then now I just want to travel everywhere, but I don't want to travel totally by myself. So I've just joined like a wee tour groupy type thing that travels different countries. And um, yeah, the first one's Bosnia. So I thought that'd be pretty cool. So are you traveling with someone you know, or are you just going to like meet strangers on this travel group and hang about so with them? Actually, um, meet them in the airport and you head off. That's nice. That's kind of like yeah, what really me and um, Debbie did when we went to Egypt. and Yeah. We met up with an, a bunch of other people who booked through the same travel, like student travel company, and they yeah. were so nice. Like there was a, we thought they were a couple, which is turns out they were brother and sister. So don't <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> it's not like they were getting off each other or anything. It's just that was our conclusion. Tell me, <laughs> yeah, well, no, they were just yes. they were lovely. A couple from Mexico, a couple from Australia. I yes. got one guy on his own from America, St. Louis, and then um, a couple of girls, lasses from Manchester, and it was such yes. a diverse group. Okay. Yeah. No, I, that's what I thought, because I want to travel, but I don't have to wait, sit and wait around for, like, friends to be free. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go by myself completely, because yeah. I don't really think oh, it's yeah, safe yeah. either. Oh, yeah, it's not safe, yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, 
go make some new friends, okay, join the group, and just go. Then see. They're also going to Jordan next year, which I really want to do. Oh, as well. Jordan! I'd like to. We 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 looked at that when we were looking at Egypt um, back in two thousand and three. Just so you can you can go see Petra. One of my friends, yeah, that's awesome. Jahan's married a a guy from Jordan, I think, a Muslim guy. She's converted to Islam. And she um she she went over there to study archaeology because that's what she did at oh, uni. Wow. And then she obviously met this guy and then just decided to stay there. She loved it so much. I think she was there for the falafel. But yeah, um <laughs> I haven't heard from her for a long time, but it's uh, that's the last oh, I heard that she's there where she'd ended up. So she lives there nice. now. Okay. Okay. Right, so yeah. Well, everyone knows about my personal life then. <laughs> this is the the Yaz special. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm maybe not... make this merge into our actual topic. One of the reasons Are you I going to tell us you count several people? No, no. no. <laughs> One of the reasons I don't. For Europe. Shh, don't tell people. They're going to come get me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but one of the reasons I really, really don't want to travel totally by myself or in the fact that I have nobody to share lots of nice food with is what if I get killed by a serial killer and I know, yeah. what, I know where I am and it's really dangerous and it's really awful. So, yeah, uh-huh. traveling with strangers seems a bit better than traveling on my own. <laughs> Although one of them could be a serial killer. That's true. Why? Yeah, that's so true. So see if I disappear, now you'll know why. <laughs> I mean, we did say like the, in our last podcast that it's going to be about serial killers, and I got really excited, like a total cycle myself. <laughs> like a bit too excited as well. Yeah. I think Leslie and I were both a serial killer groupies, aren't we? Yeah. Um, my favourite is Ted Bundy. That's such a cliche thing to say as a woman, but I suppose because yeah, he's a pretty different guy, you know, and he's just really interesting. Obviously, I wouldn't bang him, but like I just he is my favourite. <laughs> Why my favourite's so... Ed Gein, but I decided not Ed to do him because I feel like he's, I feel like the person I'm going to do is like relatively well known, but I think everyone knows who Ed Gein is. Well, he was based on, uh, he wasn't based, he was the inspiration for a lot of horror movies, <laughs> um, such as Psycho, Norman Bates was based on Ed Gein because Ed Gein had a weird relationship yeah. with his fucked up yeah. mother, it's usually mother's. Yeah. The, you know, yeah, women I blame are, mothers on all yeah. these fucked up people in the world. And uh, also Leatherface as well was inspired by Ed Gein yeah. because Ed Gein mm. he made a belt this fascinating. Like imagine during the pandemic, if Ed Gein was around, um, instead what? of like you know how you have to wear masks, he would literally wear a human mask made out of skin and a belt That's made gross. out of nipples. Yeah. Why nipples? That's so. <laughs> and his lamp in his front room that was made out of human skin as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and he he had, both yeah. of it with human skin. And he had oh, like uh, what is it like pulleys for his blinds or something made out of yeah. human bones? And he he's skulls. Like, um, he's a fucking a nut job. Deranged Kirsty Allsop. <laughs> God, why are we like so like I don't know fascinated by killers? Like they're it's fucked up. They do things that we could never, we could only imagine doing. Yeah, I don't even imagine you doing could imagine, those things. Though. No, but that's what I mean. Like you yeah, could imagine yeah. losing your like when you hear people that have been charged mm. with like GBH, and you're like, oh, I wouldn't do that, and then you're like, well, I suppose I could imagine absolutely losing my shit, and if you're having a really yeah. bad day, and, I like, could imagine shooting nose, but I'm like, I couldn't imagine absolutely losing my shit and skinning someone, and then yeah, exactly, because <laughs> it's not losing your shit from couch cushions. Like I could imagine shooting certain people in the face or setting them alight on fire. I could totally do that. But I can like skin someone alive. Like that's 
like what the fuck? Well, that's your limits, but you know, everyone's got their yeah. Limits. My, my limit is <laughs> pouring petrol on certain people and like throwing matches at them. I would happily do that. <laughs> but, see, that's um, horrific. That's like actual. Like if I see a, I watched a movie last night with Russell Crowe called Unhinged, and he poured petrol on spoilers. He poured petrol on a on a guy and then set him alight, and it was I, I fucking hate that. That's her. I hate that. That's horrible to me. But if I someone's if getting my ex-husband, would you still hate it? That's like, cool. If it, was a, yeah, if it was my ex-husband, it's totally as well. Though with the watch out, yeah. <laughs> you see he held against you in the court of law. Oh crap! Then he better not die in a fire. <laughs> yeah, he might set himself on fire, and then who's going to get yeah, the blame? He probably would just despite me. Do you know that? Yeah, <laughs> I think as well with yeah, serial killers, it's like the the volume as well. Because as I mean, I couldn't really imagine losing my cool and setting someone on fire. But I suppose yeah, you could you could. And if that makes sense, you could envisage yourself doing that, even though you know you would never do it. But yeah. when it's like, yeah, well, they travelled around the country luring strangers into alleyways and setting them on fire, and, and it was 19 different people or whatever, you're like, um, what? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine doing it to a stranger? <laughs> I think it's also the fascination that they're not all, like, hideous monster-looking people. Yeah. Like, some of them are mental, like... um. Or kind of creepy looking, like the son of Sam, David Berkowitz. He's an odd looking chap. And Ed Kemper, who was a fucking massive eight foot, like, or seven foot, I don't know, something like that, massive guy. But, but Ed Kemper's. Yeah, like Ted Bundy. You wouldn't think that he was a psycho killer because he just looks like a kind of handsome preppy boy. Or, you know, there's, there's a lot of them that just look like an, like, there's Dennis Rader as well, who's a fucked up guy, who's also known as BTK, which stands for Bind, Torture, Kill. And oh. he had a family, and he, no one, no one suspected, like, he went to church, he was a member of a church, um, he was an elder in one of his churches, and, like, no one suspected that's, it was him. Well, that yeah. guy that I messaged you about oh. earlier to say that Ed, when we were Ed. talking about, like, serial killers that are Ed Buck, you were yeah. talking about? He was but really he rich. He kind of falls into that as well because he was obviously oh. considered to be a perfectly, he was considered to be such a perfectly respectable person to yeah. to lie. At first, the police refused to act, which what? I guess the police quite often refused to act, and he was a white guy killing black guys, which is the American yeah, police text. Yeah, like something that they're And he was, he was donating loads of money to the, uh, not the Republican Party, the Democrat. The Democrats, party. and he'd run like to be a democratic mayor, and he was just kind of considered to be this like upstanding moral guy. And yet, he was, as you said earlier, he's not technically classed as a serial killer as yet because everything's still ongoing. But he's he's been found guilty of murdering mm. people, but because there are multiple other guys who fit the same description as both of his victims and who have died in a very similar way, it's likely that he's actually murdered yeah. at least 10 people. The guy I'm focusing on sort fashion. of like that. Um, there's a lot of crimes that they're attributing to him because it has his signature modus operandi kind of signature moves. <laughs> but they haven't got the evidence to prove it was him, but they think it definitely, they, they, they have a high chance that it is him that did it. So, like you're saying, Mark, a lot of these killers have killed more than they've been convicted for. Dennis Nelson, for instance, mm. killed up to, could have been, I think it up to more than 20 men. Again, all 
all just vagrants that he took off. It's similar to that Ed Buck, actually, because he wasn't yeah. he focusing on like poor drug addicts that he was taking he in. He was, but then uh, so part <laughs> of the reason that they think that it's more is because so after he'd been questioned about so the second of the victims was a former drug addict. He'd actually mm-hmm. been rehabilitated and he was back living with his parents. That's interesting. Because where the prosecution try to argue that, no, the, the defence try to argue, oh, well, they were just drug addicts, they just died of overdoses, you didn't actually kill them, they well, killed themselves. So Ed Buck had contacted this guy online because he used to know him when he was a drug addict and it basically invited him to a party and then the guy wound up dead in Ed Buck's home. Um, and mm-hmm. he was eventually for questioning on that, although at first the police were very reluctant to take him in because they were saying, oh, well, he's such an obviously like upstanding member of the community and then after this so after he had been taken in and questioned he was then released and part of the reason he's now been arrested and charged is because there was a guy that then came forward to the police and said that after all this had happened ed buck had contact he'd met ed buck through um tinder and he'd invited him round for a night round at his and he'd asked him if he wanted to if he wanted to have crystal meth with him and the guy said, oh, no, I'm not a drug user. And then they basically he'd said he was into kinky sex. So I think yeah. he ended up binding him. And he'd injected a really high dose of crystal meth into this guy without his permission. So just a random yeah. guy that wasn't a drug addict, wasn't living on the streets. Um, he'd injected a huge amount of crystal meth into him. And then it filmed, but on the, so Ed Buck had filmed on the guy that he'd basically taken prisoner's phone video of him while the guy was unconscious like basically attacking him injuring him um, tasering him and the guy came to and managed to get hold of Ed Buck's other taser and escaped and managed to get his phone with him so he had the video evidence of Ed Buck's attack in his phone which is why Ed Buck's now been arrested so so far he's been found guilty of which is interesting because if it wasn't for that guy he probably wouldn't have been caught and it is exactly what you were mm-hmm. saying, that people were like, well, it was black drug addicts. But even the mm-hmm. two people that, that he was actually being investigated for, one of them was a former drug addict. And again, it shows the issues that we always, we've talked about many things on this, but like, well, police all over the world and people who aren't white, but especially police in America with non-white people that effectively, actually the only thing that linked the two guys was that they were black. And it's not, you shouldn't dismiss people that have a drug problem as telling the truth, but you certainly shouldn't dismiss somebody telling the truth because they're black, which is effectively what was happening. Mm. That happened to, um, this is really fucked up. The, you know, Richard Ramirez, the the Night Stalker, well, he had a 12-year-old boy with him who managed to escape Ramirez, and Mm. he ran to a cop and said, help. Um, I'm being like kidnapped or whatever, and um, Ramirez came out and said to said to the cop, "Oh no, he he's with me. He's just my boyfriend. We we just had a fight and that. Um, I'll I'll just take him home and deal with it." And the cop went, "I okay then?" And then no he way. took him back and he he was murdered. That's crazy. Because if that was like a woman that came out and said that, he would have <laughs> he would have helped her, even if she actually was his girlfriend. They would have been like, oh, wait, you're getting abused or something. They would have listened to her. It's just mental. I don't know. Part it, of the I, reason that Ed Buck was arrested 
um, after the third guy isn't because of the third guy's report. Because when the third guy put his report in and said he had video evidence, the police still didn't arrest Ed Buck. Oh. And a journalist went on TV with the with Ed Buck's um, third so far known victim um, and said, like, this is a public statement to the police. I would like to state to you on behalf of this man that if you don't act, he will continue to lure men to his apartment mm. via dating apps and murdering them. Every single person he murders, their blood is on the hands of the like American police. police. And it was only Sorry, I just want something back. It wasn't Ramirez, it was Jeffrey Dahmer. Fuck's sake. Oh, Ramirez was killed with ladies. When you were saying Dammer. that, I was like, that's so Shit. weird because I'm sure I remembered hearing something like that about Jeffrey Jeff Dahmer. Dahmer. Apologies to Jeffrey Dahmer. As Richard Ramirez. <laughs> Please don't kill me in my sleep. I know you're both dead now, but you know, just in case. Won't stop. <laughs> Ed Buck might get out and kill us. Ed mm. Buck's well, I don't know. How he's not been sentenced yet, has he? So no. this is I love this because I've never like I always think where are these new like you know, we need new se- we don't need new serial killers, but there's not yeah, even but- German people always focus on the the big Don't famous ones that you know everyone knows about, but there's not any because I didn't think I thought maybe it was because like forensic technology and crime detection or policing had improved so much that it's harder and harder for people to be serial killers without getting caught these days. But then are they yeah, maybe using Tinder and like yeah like social media to find their victims rather than but then you'd think that finding victims kind of off the street would be easier than yeah. being traceable on social media i don't well, again, know i think because ed buck's rich and white which mm. there was a guy from an lgbtq advocacy advocacy group um yeah or a black lgbtq advocacy group that i was reading um an interview with and he was basically saying that he said if I was emailing and contacting men through dating apps, there's an entire record, because there is, everyone he's contacted, there's a record there. Mm, said, if, I, if I as a Stupid, black man was yeah. contacting young white men and luring them to my apartment and killing them, there was video evidence, there would be a charge already. The fact that it's still waiting to see what he's going to be charged for and he's trying to peel it. And yeah. The fact yeah. that he's so wealthy that he managed to hire yeah. good enough lawyers to even fight his case is insane because it's like his lawyer did he get evidence of you trying to murder a guy was it the same lawyer that um that other murdering bastard that got away with it oj simpson had no did he have his lawyer because i can't remember who it was but the lawyer did defend somebody else that was totally mental but it wasn't oj simpson but it was a mental case see he's black and he got away with it i bet he's rich and black yeah, he's, right, he's yeah, like Michael Jackson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Money Kelly doesn't. <laughs> Actually, R. Kelly did get away with it he back did, in yeah. but now time's up, mate. <laughs> Technically, he's not a serial killer, though. He's a serial rapist. Yeah. So it's different. Um, yeah. He's so bad. So, yeah, I mean, that obviously is, but yeah, I think that's worse. So, I agree. What, I think that's it? worse as well. Well, yeah, because the victims have to live with it for the rest of their lives and not knowing that whether mm. you'd get um you know punished i suppose if you're dead yeah. you're dead but anyway i, say, I don't think <laughs> victims of serial killers yeah i know 
yeah, they have any say of it. Cause yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, you were, you were going to kick this off. I know we're yeah. late, but let's focus no, on. Fine. I generally find, yeah, I don't think serial killer is like so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's really fucked up. Um, but no, the serial killer I was looking at is Dr. H.H. H. Holmes and his murder castle. Right, yeah. He's actually. Like, people are saying he's one of the first American serial killers, or at least one of the first documented it's serial documented, killers. Documented, yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure, obviously, there's been people getting killed for centuries, but he's, like, the first actual documented one. And it just seems really fucked up. Um, so, basically, he he's called Henry Howard Holmes, and he started his career um, scamming insurance companies. Um, and then he sort of switched careers to be a pharmacist, which is why he's Dr. H. H. Holmes. Um, Sorry, I like the first part yeah. of his original career. He was a yeah. scammer, then he decided to become a pharmacist. Yeah. And then he <laughs> developed into a serial killer. It's very interesting. So you're saying that insurance scamming is a gateway into killing? It's totally a gateway drug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch out for anyone who works in insurance. Oh, Oh, well, actually, so the reason I bring up the insurance bit, because he was scamming uh-huh. them, is because right. basically, the, because he was basically a professional scammer, even the murders that he did, people don't actually know which ones are real and which ones aren't, because he was claiming just, ones that he didn't even do. So he's mm. just a bit, he just seems overall fucked in the head. So he's. Oh, he definitely is. You mean he was oh, claiming ones he didn't do, like somebody else had murdered them and he was saying it was him, or he was claiming ones he didn't do, but he was like, I murdered Maggie O'Fee, and someone's <laughs> like, who's Maggie O'Fee? And he's like, a woman I murdered, and it would just um, run away into the dark. A bit of both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so some that he didn't do, and some that these people are actually still alive, so or they died from something normal or natural. Um, so, so thanks. So, some that he hundred percent murdered and they found their bodies. Some he took claim for that wasn't him. Some were not even dead. And it's just he, like he's a very confusing individual. Um, but it's definitely he's just a scammer. Any? There's rumours that he might have been Jack the Ripper, or he's one of the one of the suspects for being Jack the Ripper because he was in London at the time when mm. the Ripper murders took place. And you said he's got medical, like. Yeah, he's a pharmacist, so he's got yeah. a bit of background, yeah. Uh-huh. So he, that would be interesting, actually. Maybe, because he has messed up, right? Um, but he has, um, he basically built a three-storey inn that he was meant to use as a hotel, but it never really got used as a hotel. So like, the downstairs of it was used as his kind of shop and pharmacy, mm-hmm. and the rest was meant to be the hotel. But, so if you think, bottom was the pharmacy, then the, the middle floor was that the actual murder castle bit where that was like torture. The murder place. castle. <laughs> it's like messed up. Like it's so fucked up. And this all reminds me of um Saw, the film. Where, oh, like, did he say it, trap it, people? Yeah, so there's basically torture cells and like gas lines and trap doors and but soundproof rooms. There's all these mazes. So he built this uh, house specifically to yeah. murder people in. Mm-hmm. It's, how fucked up is that? Like and then he's clever. Like, apparently, there's a bit that's like so. There's mazes through the place, which is totally mm-hmm. saw. And then there's so imagine he kills them on, or he lures people in, kills them. But then he's got like slides inside that will take <laughs> the bodies down to the basement. And in the basement, right. he's got like a surgical table, and there's bits with like 
oh, acid geez. bolts in it so we can get rid of all the evidence and stuff. And it's just like, oh my god, like it, it's it's insane. What is he getting out of it? <laughs> That's what I want to know. He's, he's sick. <laughs> I mean, what what does MC look like? Yeah, that's true. Guys, it's mental. Right. So he blew- then, yeah, <laughs> that's one of the ones that I can't get my head around even more because I'm like, right, if we go back to obviously his fetish was racially activated sexual assault and murder, which is insane and I can't get on board with, but at least you can go that's his fetish. Like, what's this fetish? Like, trapping people in puzzles? <laughs> well, trapping them, torturing them. Like, there's people rooms Sorry. that had no like doors that wouldn't go or would go into a room that went nowhere or i don't yeah. know weird and then there'd be up. like gas coming into them to kill people yeah. and like some people so then he could sit and like cut them up it seems like he really enjoyed this cutting them up and like burning them and just... maybe that's why they thought he was jack the ripper because he liked cutting them up yeah but then and I it don't was always like women jack the ripper ever tortured people did he like i don't, know. don't know maybe that's what he started Maybe that's how he started and then he went to America and got, um, you know, better ideas. He improved the process. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. He had a factory as well. He owned a factory that um, he employed women at. And I think that's where he got most of his victims because he would would lure in women who came from the country to work in the city. And then, yeah. (laughs) Oh, God, it's mental. And have you seen American Horror Story, Yasmin? Um, I think I watched like the first episode. And then well, I see, in after that. hotel, the season that's hotel, which is one of the best ones. Um, yeah. Um, what's his name? The hot guy. He um he plays H H Holmes and uh, what is his name? Oh Evan Peters. Evan Peters. He's always he's in all of them. Uh, he he plays a H H Holmes character. And he like he once owned a hotel, and that was a murder hotel, basically. Yes, and, and yeah, he's a ghost in it though, because like I'm sure. Do you know? Hotels. I never linked this to that actually, because <laughs> yeah. the whole time I was reading this, I was just thinking of Saw the whole time. Yeah, because it's just sick. Maybe Saw was inspired by it. Obviously, mm-hmm. like there's so many killers out there that have inspired horror movies. So yeah, yeah. with this guy, it's like it's part sick, part serial killer part absolute scammer because even throughout and this is why I kind of think he's not Jack the Ripper because a yeah. lot of this stuff goes back like a lot further as well so like even from when he got married he, he basically married three four women at the same time as well oh. which is really messed up because he kept moving from like county to county or right. state to state so you can't track it mm-hmm. um so he married one woman um, and then, like, she basically realised that there was something really wrong with him, really fucked up with him. And, like, even people that knew them said that he treated her really badly. So she kind of ran away and went back to her parents. Okay. So he then went to the next state, married someone else. Um, I think he tried to file for divorce and it didn't, for some reason it didn't really work. I don't, I don't understand why that didn't work. Why are women marrying this cunt as well? Like, what is so charming about it? still being really nice and really charming yeah. and stuff. You made me think like, of Evan Peters. I'm like, yeah, I'd <laughs> I hate Maisie's. Also, don't want to be horribly murdered. But, <laughs> but I hate Maisie's. Do you? Do you not like those, 
you know those traditional like no, mazes so that I've are only like ever been bushes? To one once I went to one Edges? with Joe because we talked about how neither of us had ever been to one and it was horrible and the member of staff that was supposed to be looking after it left to go on the break and we couldn't find our way out and we were, it was, I mean it was awful it was one of the worst experiences of my life <laughs> both traumatized every time we got out of it, it I think it was for that. children there was a, I don't know if I ever saw this programme in the early 2000s called Human Giant. Um, I used to get stoned and watch it all the time. And uh, there was a sketch where there's this guy and if anyone annoyed him, he would send them to the corn maze. And they would just go to this corn maze and there would be hundreds of people just wandering around this maze, but they would never ever leave. Like They couldn't get out and he would just go, the corn maze. Oh, so scary. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I don't like mazes either because I don't. Yeah, yeah I've been at you know, ones in the fun houses. You know, the ones that are like they're not mm. plant-based mazes or like glass mazes or plastic yeah. mazes, and you bang your head off of like. Yeah, like the, maze, the, yeah. the mirrors are all weird on them. Uh-huh. Oh god, um, it's a good yeah. strategy, I suppose, if you're going to be a serial yeah. murderer to have some sort of murder factory sufficient. And maybe oh, back then, obviously, they're not. How did he get caught then? So, like, cause... Um, so the way he got caught was a bit like later on. So, through basically one of the one of these women that he basically caught was so actually sorry, I won't explain it properly. So there was a first wife that ran away because he was fucked up, so she left. Then he got married again at the same time, and that wife disappeared. Um, and then. He disappeared as in he probably killed her. Oh, he killed yeah. her, right. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Sorry, I was I'm wondering if anyone actually. He told me about him and he's like, did I kill her? Did I not? No one knows. La la la. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that was <laughs> Oh my God. Um, but yeah, so he kept doing these things and he kept jumping state. This is the problem that, like, nobody's able to really keep track of stuff because it's, it's over lots of different states. So then there's another, um, where does it ended up? Um, Oh, I don't know, I don't have proper details, but anyway, he ended up somewhere else and he had a partner that he was working with um, and they decided, they were still doing the insurance scams though, so he wanted to like fake his own death and get the insurance money of it. Ah, right. So he okay. had, because he also had loads of different aliases, which is also how mm-hmm. he managed to like marry loads of different people. So he had like H.H. Holmes, he had Alexander Bond um, oh and like a couple other like names as well. So his partner guy, he said, okay, we fake my death. And then this other Alexander Bond would get the, like the insurance payout. Yeah. But the insurance company just didn't really believe him at all. They were like, no, this is bollocks. So they decided to try it again with <laughs> his partner instead. So they tried to fake his own death, but he actually killed the partner. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, is he going to fucking kill him for No, no, he actually killed him. <laughs> But then, like, to this guy's wife and daughters, he just, he they, he said to him, no, no, this is just a scam. We're, like, trying to get oh, the money. So, no. like, the wife, so the wife thought, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's just a big scam so I can get money. Um, So for ages, she didn't even know that her husband was dead. Um, And then he convinced, so because they had to play the pretense that the husband is dead, then he had to kind of look after this guy's wife and kids and everything. <sighs> Oh my god, did he kill um, them as well? He killed the kids. Shit. He killed the kids. And it was really horrible. Like, he put them in a box with a hole in it and put gas in the oh. box. And the thing is, when they found the bodies, this is how he then got caught because this woman's daughters are now missing. And when they finally found it, it is in one of his flats in like another state. 
Um, and apparently it wasn't in the flat, it was like buried in like the grounds of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's apparently like rotting and disgusting and stuff like that. Okay. And yeah. then that's why when they started then finding that he was married in all these places and he had all these different houses and they found the murder house and then they, they, they searched the house and obviously found all this insanity. Um, and at the same time, he's like, he's not just scamming the insurance company, he's scamming loads of other companies. So even the houses that he's built, he's not paid for them. So there's like people trying to like claim money off him because they're like, you've not paid for the building. So it's like when he was actually arrested, he's, he's arrested for like insurance fraud, for not paying stuff on time and for murder. That I think they more got him off because of the stuff that he hadn't been paying for. That that's why he was originally arrested. Um, so just like all round like this crazy man, and I think that's why they weren't even able to to like pinpoint exactly who. like they think he's killed twenty seven people, oh, but they're not actually. Sh- yeah, that's thing they're not sure because that's just based on what they found. But if you think about yeah. the murder house, the bodies that disappear because they went in acid. Yeah, they, yeah, they can't yeah. count them. Um, some of them, they definitely know he's made up. So mm-hmm. they're like, all of it. And then he's trying to deflect blame from, for uh-huh. making, like, making stuff up. He's, he's, he's probably getting off on that as well. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh-huh. And then he tried to blame it on like his childhood, how his dad was really abusive <laughs> towards him and all this. And, but then when they went back to like speak to his parents and stuff, his parents were not abusive in any way, but he did used to like torture animals when he was a child. That's a key sign. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. So it's just like, of all the stories around him was like, no one's really 100% sure of what's true and what's not other than the, the bodies that they physically found. Um, and then there is, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just going to say like, there is a theory like whether it's nature over nurture mm. and that is there somewhere in a serial killer's like a psychotic brain that causes them to be that exactly. way? They've studied that. Yeah. So there's the head injury thing as well, isn't there? That oh, yeah, because I, I like Fred West had that. percentage of serial killers have got damage to the, is it the, the like, front the back of the back of their brain. That's the okay, back. so the other bit. Yeah. <laughs> What's if you hit your head as a child? Well, Fred West. Not just if you hit your head, but it's specifically, like, a, mm. I, I don't know exactly what bit of the brain it is, clearly, because I said the wrong, like, end of the brain. But, yeah. And I can't remember the percentage, so I'm really making all of this up, but it's <laughs> isn't it Leslie of like modern yeah I mean not everyone who has a head injury goes on to kill loads of people but if you've already sort of got a condition where you're a sociopath but like a lot of psychopaths don't go on to kill people a lot of psychopaths just you know kill people other ways like with like running high like they're basically running companies they can fire people without having any emotions over it Mm. you know that's how they get to the top they don't care who Mm. they like yeah, they don't care who they yeah, 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 who suffers. No that's but, yeah, that's how yeah. a lot of psychopaths end up as CEOs. So, but they don't murder people. But then you get like people like Fred West, who probably already was a bit fucked up. But then he had a like a motorcycle accident where he slammed his head and had a brain injury, which probably mm-hmm. made him worse, and that made him go ahead and like push them over the edge to kill people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's anyone he came in contact with. Like, it's weird. I don't think H.H. Holmes has that excuse. So, no, not know. at all. I mean, one people he killed, was, like, one of his first murders was his mistress. So he worked he worked for some dude, and this was, like, the dude's wife, and he was, like, having an affair with her. And then he killed her husband, um, and then he oh. killed her, but claimed that she died during, like, childbirth or something. 
I think this and it's just like like everyone around me kept dying of pleasure. weird ways. Oh. Do you think he is sexually motivated, or do you think he just mm. enjoys the act of killing? What what's your theory? He kills men and women, and it doesn't. Mm. It's not necessarily women. He doesn't care. Was sleeping with either. It's just. Or is it a dominant thing? Like I, I just see. See, that's the thing. Maybe maybe the fucked up thing is there is no explanation. You know, like people want to just they can't get their heads over why someone would do that to another human being, so they've got to come up with some sort of reason why they yeah. would do it. But then if because there is no particular that. reason, then that's worse. <clears throat> I don't know. Yes. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> no, if I, I don't just know either. <laughs> hmm. It's very strange. Um, so what did yeah, he do? So he was um, yes. Yeah, so when he was finally caught um, and charged with all these murders, he was um, sentenced to death by hanging. Um, and apparently, even trying to kill him took ages. Like you know, oh, I- you hang someone, their their neck would neck break, break, and that yeah. would be them break. So his neck wouldn't break. So he just suffocated very slowly, and apparently it took him like fifteen twenty minutes to kill him. I'm like, that's just what the hell? Like, there's something fucked up about this guy altogether. Um, and then like actually monstrous. Yeah. Like, so then when he was, like, before they hung him as well, he started, because he had all these, like, either real confessions or fake confessions, but he was just confessing everything. And then he started saying, well, yeah, so I was saying he first started to blame it on his parents about how they treated him really badly. Then he started saying, when they were like, no, it wasn't your parents. And he was like, oh, no, actually, I'm so evil that, like, I've got, like, a devil in me and I'm actually, like, mm-hmm. he started getting, like, very as if he was working with Satan and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah a lot of them the do devil. that. This bullshit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's been killed and he's he's buried in an unmarked grave. Right. Because like the son of Sam, um, mm. David Berkowitz, he claimed that um, the a dog, a satanic dog, was telling him what to do. But I think he was just making that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> sure he was. Dogs yeah. are evil, so. Um, yeah. The weird thing is, in 2017, so all this happened like what, back in the 1800. Like this is now weird though this is actually weird so yeah so all this happened he was a serial killer um yeah it, in uh, if uh, it, they killed him in like 1914 and he was a serial killer up to 1895 so it was a long long time ago mm-hmm. in 2017 there was allegations that they didn't actually kill him that he actually what? survived and that he wasn't actually executed. So they went back and like resumed his body and got it out of his coffin. Um, and there was something weird about his burial that there ends up being cement going into it for some reason. So the body's not decomposed properly. Like, so a lot of him is still intact till now. But is it him? Like, it is him though. Yeah, they did check and oh, all his right. teeth and all that. It is definitely him. Then why the fuck but would he's he not decomposed? Concrete? I don't know. Like, is I he got some t- sort of plan to come back? I don't know. Like, it's not weird. Like, everything about what? him is weird. Like, then, like everything is weird. Or what? Why did he so, pour concrete in though? Or was it I don't to make sure he, he didn't it, come back? <laughs> or was it some sort of thing? Why there was concrete inside of him? People back then would have been like, Oh no, better concrete man in case the devil comes out because you know. Oh, and it maybe seeped that into the coffee. Maybe. Um, or maybe it was to do with his murder 
factory, you know, like he had he thought extra evil. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he just does an extra justice for him. I also don't not understand why, like, pretty much a hundred years later, people decided to check if it was still him or not as well. But then what started that rumor as well, like how yeah. the, like did someone claim that they'd seen him after his death, or that like they did someone have any intel? Hmm. Then you get all these people that like still like study serial killers though when they like they're constantly yeah. bring stuff up about Jack the Ripper so it was probably mm-hmm. like that. It pisses me off the Jack the Ripper thing because no one's ever going to conclude who that is. It's there's yeah. just no way. Too much time's passed. There's mm. no chance anyone's going to know for. Her. Exactly. It's probably the one serial killer that no one oh. can actually. Oh no no wait a minute. Oh. What about the 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 Black Dahlia? Nobody knows who killed her, and that's pretty fucked up. But were they a serial killer? Well, I'd imagine that they probably were because, I mean, that's a kind of serial killer thing to do, the way that you put the body out and or he or she or whatever. But then has there been any other similar murders to that? So, yeah, that's a good point. But still, yeah. he could have been HHO. <laughs> yeah. I was actually seeing if you could go visit the, the murder castle thing. But, um, yeah, at the time, people obviously must absolutely hate this. No, the people um, burnt it down. Of course. It's obviously evil. Yeah. Like, like they don't know who, just people went in and burnt it down. Um, and they're going to turn it into a fucking museum. No, no, they... Slide down there? No, no, they used it as a post office after that, so it's just a boring building. Imagine, come to the murder house and slide down the secret passages <laughs> into the... No. Nah, they tore it. They tore it down <laughs> but it would be, imagine the people that arrive at the time must have been like, this guy's actually the devils. They just, what are you supposed to do with a place like that? So they just burnt it to the ground. So, just, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's like, they original. Till, like mm. the Fred West's house, they basically yeah. demolished that. And I don't know, because they don't want people using it like a, a shrine, you know, yeah, exactly. for these people. And mm. But then the Cecil Hotel's still going. You know, and a lot, and Richard Ramirez, and two serial killers lived in that hotel in Los Angeles, and that's still people still fucking book rooms there. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would get that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. Oh God, yeah. But yeah, original serial killer. So there's serial killers that have. There's been two, I think, we know so far that have been on game shows. Oh. There's one in America who was on the the dating game or something it was called, but yeah, I'm not going to talk yeah. about him. I'm going to talk about because we're in the UK, so I want to talk about a Welsh guy who was known as the uh, the the bullseye killer. <laughs> Just because okay. I love bullseye. What, like the like, bullseye. Yeah, bullseye. Have you ever? Do you know what bullseye? Have you seen bullseye? You it have does. to have seen bullseye. Oh, my dad like loves bullseye. Lady. It's it's really a, it's an odd program like I don't think it's ever for me to be like it on TV since but it's basically such a a working class type game show and it started off early eighties and and finished in like the mid nineties I think and it was hosted by Jim Bowen who's like probably at the time when he hosted it he was only in his forties but he looked like he was in his sixties. <laughs> yeah, that confusing. You said in his forties, I was like Jim Bone was eight thousand years old. When <laughs> yeah, he was always always been old. But he was such him. a lovely person. Like he's this down here sort of Yorkshire man. 
and uh, his catchphrase was like super smash and great apparently and it was basically the premise was that you get a couple of people on one is a darts player and one isn't and you answer some questions um, throwing like if you get the right subject by throwing the dart at it then you get points and that turns out the pounds and then eventually you go on to like the final rounds so they, they whittle down the, 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 the um, darts contestants down to like two couples so the the final one is that they have to like throw darts for prizes and you get like the prizes back then were like <laughs> it's funny watching it now because the prizes look really shit compared to what you get now but at the time it was like state of the art you know like a midi high fire really special prize would be like the bullseye and then you could gamble all of your prizes for the what is it the the, like you could gamble all for like a a special prize at the end and often it was a so imagine you're from an estate in fucking the middle of Manchester, nowhere near the sea, and you win a fucking speedboat. What are you going to do oh. with a speedboat? <laughs> Go park it up somewhere. Yeah, I wonder how many people have got rusty old speedboats just oh sitting in the garden. <laughs> Where would they even put the speedboat? Sometimes it would be like a timeshare holiday you would win. So anything, that's that's oh. basically Bullseye. Um, I, I highly recommend that if you haven't seen Bullseye, just look it up on YouTube. Um, you'll probably find this guy uh, on Bullseye anyway. So there was a, a guy called John Cooper, and he was from Wales, and he was on an episode of Bullseye in 1989. So it was one of the earlier seasons of um, Bullseye. And uh, I'll, I'll go on to when he was on Bullseye, but to, to go back to his history. So he was caught later on. He was caught. He wasn't caught until 2006 for the actual murder. But he was jailed for right robberies and things prior to that in the 90s. Oh, but he wasn't yeah. ever convicted for murder. Yeah. But mm. what happened was when he was between the ages of 17 and 21, John Cooper was charged with theft of a vehicle, assaulting a police officer, being drunk and disorderly, and oh. um, with ABH, which is actual bodily harm. Uh, mm. In 1978, Cooper was a farm labourer then. He won, now this is interesting, so he won £90,000 worth over 500 okay. grand today um, and also a four grand car in a newspaper nice. spot the ball competition. Now Ooh, you think, I thought you were going to say on bullseye. No, 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 on no. Bullseye, they, they yeah. never won anything oh. as big as, like, it, it, they never got anything as, as fancy as that. Oh. Come on. So, the, so this kicks off his... Like, because he was such a, an arsehole, right? See, why is it always arseholes win so much money, <laughs> right? And then fuck oh. it all up. A normal person, if you won that, that would be you set for life, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, but he developed a drink and gambling habit after his winnings. And his mate said that it, they all went to his head. It was a life-changing amount of money, and I saw a real change in him. He spent his winnings, most of it in pubs. And in the bookies, people were scared of him and he got into a lot of fights. And as his money dried up, he started the robbery. So he started, basically pissed all his money away. And then, started, money. Yeah, and then he just started robbing yeah. it, robbing people to get his money like back. I mean, that is insane to basically be yeah. against a, the equivalent of today's money that you've got like, what, half a million pounds? Half a million. And yeah, and for robbery to support your habits. Like, what? Yeah. Um, 
but it happens, you know, like if you win a lot of some people, if they win big, then it fucks them up. But I think he was just always just like that anyway. So it would have happened regardless. Even if he didn't win the money, he probably went on to rob people, I'm guessing. So on the 22nd of December 1985, Cooper targeted a three-story farmhouse at Scovston Park, killing a brother and sister, Richard and Helen Thomas, and then burnt down their house. Mm. Now, this is 1985, okay? Right, so listen to the dates. So, on the 29th of June... 1989, Peter and Gwenda Dixon were on holiday in Pembrokeshire and were due to take their last walk along the coastal path when they failed to return. Their dead bodies were later found along the path. Cooper had tied the couple up, demanded they hand out their bank card and forced them to disclose their personal ID number, which was their PIN code. Um, Cooper, who was carrying a son-off shotgun, robbed Peter Dixon of £300 and shot the couple in the face at point-blank range. In 1996, he attacked five youngsters, threatened them with a gun, probably a son-off shotgun. He sexually assaulted one girl and raped the other. By 1998, Cooper had committed 30 burglaries and an armed robbery. So here we go, right? So footage from an edition of the ITV game show Bullseye, which was recorded on the 28th of May, 1989, on which Cooper was a contestant, was later used to match him to a sketch made from witness descriptions. And this wasn't until 2006 that they discovered this. That's Confusing. Like what? Right. Because uh-huh. right, so he went on. So he murdered people in 1985. Then, like four years later, he went on bullseye. Um, or three years later, he went on bullseye. Oh. And then shortly after that, so he went on bullseye in May 1989. But then in June 1989, he then went on to kill a uh, that couple and rob them. Now, do you think he won bullseye or not? Oh. Um, I don't know oh. because you said he didn't win anything that big on Bullseye, so that's thrown me. Does that mean he, he won? won small? <laughs> yeah. Does it, did he win a toaster? No, he didn't win any of the prizes. He was one of the. So what happens was when I said there was two couples that are eliminated that, that end up at the end of the program, ones go on to, to try and win the prizes. If the couple decide not to gamble for mm. the the bigger prize. Then the the runners up get to come on and try, right? And he was part of the runners up, but they didn't oh, make it. Okay. They didn't get the prize. So he basically, I think you just win whatever money you get in the quiz round, which is only like a hundred odd pounds, maybe. Mm. I think I've seen someone get like three hundred quid, and then you get like Billy's special tanker, tankard to take home, and some darts, flights, dart flights. So he didn't really win anything, but I don't know whether that's what made him flip and then decide to kill again because he didn't win on Bullseye. Cause he, when he, was... he does seem a bit, yeah, like not all there. Or a bit like a loose cannon, really. You can watch his uh, the clip of him on Bullseye. When he was on Bullseye, he said to Jimbo and he was describing how he was like, he liked, he, he liked the countryside. In um, in Wales, which was the, this countryside where he killed people, basically, he was describing that and that how he was a fan of like scuba diving and stuff because you know he always asked the contestants what what they like to do and stuff a bit about themselves. Mm. 
But he's, when he was on Bullseye, he had like a big bouffant, sort of curly, shaggy mane of hair. And it was like greyish, like grey hair, oh. sort of salt and pepper coloured. And he had a moustache and he looked kind of scraggly. But see when you seen his profile. So there was a producer that was watching an old episode of Bullseye when he was arrested in 2006. And uh, they, it was a cold case that was opened up. And he went back through and he realised that the the photo fit that was out at the time when these people were murdered or the description of the guy that murdered the, the people, the, the couple that were out on a walk matched that guy that was on John Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that was on Phil's eyes. So that's how they made the connection to the dates. It's oh. fucked. Huh. Fair enough. Yeah, that's quite ingenious like yeah it's really clever to do that yeah so he was given a on the 26th of may 2011 cooper was given a whole life order for the 1985 double murder of those siblings and the the couple out on a walk they were known in the media as the pembrokeshire murders or coastal murders um he had like i say a history of criminal activities um the, the footage from Bullseye was later used as evidence against him, like I say, comparing his image with a sketch of the suspect and the Dixon's murder. Oh. He was sentenced to 14 years in 1998 for robbery and burglary, but he was released in prison in January 2009 because of the subsequent developments in DNA and forensic science, but police carried oh. out a cold case. Oh, sorry, it's not 2006, 2009. Beg your pardon. Um, he, they opened a cold case review in 2009 and they were able to identify Cooper's shotgun as being the murder weapon. Further DNA evidence was provided by forensic scientist Professor Angela Gallup and they collected further evidence against him and he was arrested again in May of that year, convicted in 2011 for the murders. There's There's been documentary tell, um documentary television documentary series about him um that was broadcast in ITV Kimry Wales. Um and on that the interesting thing is that there's possible links to other crimes. So when we move to throw back for when we were talking earlier about what is that Bob that Ed Banks guy about how he probably mm. could have killed more people. Yeah. yeah. That this John Cooper they think actually killed more people than who he was convicted for. But they just don't have the evidence for it. So they were in in May 2011, after he was convicted of the four murders, it was revealed that police were considering reopening an inquiry into the unexplained death in 1989 of another woman who lived near Cooper and only two miles from Scoviston Park, the site of his 1985 murders. She was a 72-year-old widow who died, her name was Flo Evans, and she died soon after Cooper had murdered Peter and Gwenda Dixon in 1989. She was found fully clothed in a half-full cold bath in her cottage. Cooper and his wife Pat both knew Evans and would often visit her at her small holding, with Cooper often doing odd jobs for her. She was unexpectedly mentioned by Cooper in his trial as part of his own defence evidence, because oh. in, his, in his trial he tried to make out that he was a nice family man. But oh, I'll tell you how that, that was part of his bullshit. Yeah, and he was helping yeah. and all that, that he would never kill anyone and all this. Mm. But that makes me suspicious because he knew her. He had access to her house. Yeah. Um, it, her home was right in the centre of the area that Cooper committed his burglaries. The family of Evans had long suspected her death was suspicious and not an accident as she never took baths. Mm. And she would not have had any hot water at the time of her death as no fire had been lit in the kitchen. 
Her death was officially recorded as accidental, with it at the time she must have slipped in the bath and hit her head and then drowned. Police contacted the widow's family after Cooper's conviction to discuss her death, saying there was connectivity between Cooper and Evans. Mm. Mm. And That's she never locked cool. her door. She didn't all know this. That's interesting. So, and if and she knew him, she would have let him in as well. Yeah, you? possibly. Yeah, she probably would have. Mm. Evans never locked her door, yet it was found locked when she mm. was found dead. And Evans had mentioned to friends days before her murder that she couldn't find her house keys, so Cooper's property was locked it with them. Yeah. yeah. Items of property were also taken from her house, including money and shotguns, which fitted Cooper's modus operandi. Cooper regularly burgled the homes of people he and reacted violently if disturbed. Swat Cooper would have known where Evans would have kept money. Wilkins said that Cooper had been at her house on the day How she could died. Accidental death if she was robbed. I know this is what I, I don't know, fucking understand. Yeah, exactly. It's like are the police just lazy? Yeah, I think they are. It's, it's an old lady, so they're like, "What does matter?" I well, it's just oh. easier to just say it's accidental than have to, you know, look into yeah. a possible murder inquiry. Terrible. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's one of, and also there's the murders of Harry and Megan Twos. So there was a couple who were shot at close range at their remote farmhouse in Lan Harry near Bridge End in 1993. Harry Twos and his wife, Mary Twos, had been shot in the head and their bodies dumped in a cow shed and then covered with a carpet. The case remains one of Wales' most notorious unsolved murders. Some similarities with Cooper's known murders were noted, including the fact that both victims were shot at close range and that attempts were made to hide their bodies. He'd also been shot by a shotgun, the the weapon Cooper used in his known crimes. And it was also noted that there are very few shotgun murders nationally and that Cooper was Mm. already known to have committed two double shotgun murders. For fuck's sake. Yeah, like in the UK, people aren't usually shot. Yeah. And then finally, in 2011, a forensic psychologist, Dr. Clive Sims, claimed to the BBC that the deaths of an elderly brother and sister at their farmhouse in Pembrokeshire, again, same area, in 1976 could be linked to Cooper. Griffin Patty Thomas, aged, he always goes for older people, were yeah. found dead in December 1976, and their deaths were originally classified as a double murder until it was decided, that, right, this is insane, that Griff Thomas must have argued with the sister he had lived with for 70 years before hitting her on the head with a blunt instrument, and this is the bit that made me laugh, before setting himself on fire. You're right. <laughs> I don't think so. That was all just a big accident. Again, it's the police just being lazy. So speaking yeah. to BBC Wales, Taro no uh, current affairs programme, Sims questioned the verdict of manslaughter in the case of Patty Thomas and an open verdict in the case of Griff Thomas. Although it was said that Patty was hit, hit by a blunt instrument, no weapon was ever found. Sims said that the pair were killed by an intruder following a botched burglary, something Cooper was known to have committed in the same area in later years, as in Cooper's 1985 double murder at Scotland Park. A cash box had been emptied at the house, the bureau had been broken into, and a back door was unlocked. So I suppose Griff just did all that himself, did he? And then set himself on fire. Uh Fuck. Yeah, I know. I think it's pretty difficult. That makes as much sense as well as if he did it the other way and went, she obviously went, Raj set him on fire and then beat her over the head. Yeah, and then killed herself. That would have been more believable. (laughs) Sims highlighted how it was highly unlikely that a serial killer would start killing at age 40, his age when he committed his first known murder in 1985, and it was highly likely that he started killing earlier, which does make sense as well. So that's um, John Cooper for you. And just a wee bit on 
him what he was like as a person. Um, so this documentary that came out in Wales, um, it said that it showed brutal cruelty towards his own children. So he had a family and animals, which again is a red flag. Again, how did someone marry this guy? Well, that's it. People will marry any old cunts, won't they? As you know. The documentary, The Pembrokeshire Murders, um, it revealed chilling details about the killer. Um, so these were that he would shoot baby ducks with a shotgun in front of his kids. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Yeah. What a dick. What? That... Oh. Yeah. So he uh, he needed to prove he'd lied on the stand during his burglary trial in 1988, saying a mask did not belong to him when it very much did. I didn't want the jury going home thinking this represented the man in any shape or form. The character of Cooper was never in doubt when a police officer studied and dealt with him face to face during the six years of Operation Ottawa. The um he was so Charles Dale portrays in the dramatization was one of the officers who came face to face with Cooper in the footage. The detective reveals that Cooper was just as vicious at home. He tells viewers he was a nasty individual even when in the family environment. He lived on a farm and he killed a pig. I mean, farmers do kill pigs, but he oh. killed a pig with a hammer. Oh and when his children were small, they reared some chicks and he shot them with a shotgun in front of them. Sick. In the interview footage with Cooper, viewers see his mask drop during the presentation of DNA evidence on clothing and a gun found in searches. You could see the cards were stacking against him. Adres- Ron- Don Evans, Detective Chief Superintendent at the Difford Powys Police in the 1980s, worked on the murder investigation of both the Thomases and the Dixons. After the evidence was destroyed by fire during the killings, police failed to find a suspect and even interviewed Cooper, who was alibied by his terrified family. His family stuck up for him. Yeah. <laughs> How how were like if even his family are scared of him? How mm-hmm. is, did he even have any sort of character witnesses or anything yeah. like to back him up at the in the court case? Um, like surely his family would have been like noise his mental. I mean, it like, sounds like his one character witness was that old woman he murdered. It sounded like yeah. he was like, I don't need to call any character witnesses because of this old lady that I looked after. Yeah. She's dead now, I killed her. But like, <laughs> she was <laughs> unavailable at the moment. Oh God. I don't think they would have. Um, yeah, I mean, he's never getting out of prison. He's been given a whole life term. He's serving four life sentences for all the murders. So, yeah, he's still alive. He's just not. He's not getting out yeah. Um, at it's all. Yeah. Um, and I was looking as well at. You know, there, we focus on modern serial killers, but I thought, well, where where are the serial killers from ancient times because there must have been there's always got to be psychopaths mm. throughout history um and there's a few that sort of stuck out so one which is a greek and greek mythology because this is crystal myth after all and he was called procrustes the stretcher <laughs> you were in greece recently yeah so yeah. this is what you like so <laughs> procrustes is mentioned in greek mythology and he's said to be the first serial killer who was a rogue smith and bandit. Procrustes had a superficial charm in which he used to offer passerbys who were travelling long distances a place to sleep. So he'd be like, come, 
I have a bed for you, but it was a metal bed. While the unsuspecting victims expected a hot meal and a good night's rest, they were instead met with a madman that tied them to the bed. If the victims were shorter than the bed, he started stretching their bodies with his tools until they were the size of the bed. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a weird Grimm's fairy tale. Yeah. Alternatively, if they were taller than the bed, he amputated their limbs to make them fit in the bed. This extreme form of torture led to their eventual demise. Procrustes was ironically killed in his own special bed by Thesis, bringing his reign of madness to an end. So I think, yeah, someone eventually... Thesis the ship guy? Um, I don't know who Thesis is. Let me look him up. He was a mythical king and founder hero of Athens. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he went on journeys and things like that, and he knew Hercules. (laughs) Hercules. I don't know. I don't know much about him. Maybe was he related to like was he with Jason and the Argonauts or something? I I don't know. I, I don't know I much think about. Maybe him. it was their. It was his. It was his ships like really famous and it's like a philosophical problem because he took. I think it might have been Jason and the Argonauts sailed on his ship and then mm-hmm. the ship was really famous because they sailed on it. But he took it apart and rebuilt it piece by piece and then there was two oh. ships. And then it was like, is there two ships or is there only one? It's a whole thing. <laughs> I just find it funny that, that he was obsessed with this bit. Like, that was his whole, like, his gimmick, basically. Like, H.H. Yeah, Holmes and Castle. He, he was obsessed with, like, people fitting in this bed. Yeah, that is just... Like... <laughs> so yeah. there's a lesson for you, Yaz, if you're ever travelling and someone offers you a nice bed if it's like a metal bed i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't sleep in it no Unless so, you're the exact size for the bed and then you're sorted yeah <laughs> i know what happens if you're the exact size for the bed does he just let you go is he satisfied or is he a bit annoyed because he didn't get to kill you like you know ages ago i don't know if like, have you ever done, like, the tours in, like, Sterling Castle and all this? And, like, yeah. they always have, like, really short beds and they say, oh, people used to sleep sitting upright because they yeah, were scared dying yeah. in their sleep and all that. So maybe, like, I don't know, yeah, the beds were tiny and he just wanted to, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, why would he amputate their legs? <laughs> just make them sit up instead. Like, why, why yeah, do they have to, or were the beds that tiny so nobody fit in? Why not? And they just had OCD. No. I like that that he thinks they're doing a favour like he's in the middle of stretching and they're screaming and he's like don't worry you'll fit soon I know it'll be all pretty and they can tuck you in it'll be fine yeah you'll be really sleep forever it's so weird and then there's this sick fuck. Now, there's debate about whether he actually did the crimes or not, but mm. he's um, guilty. And he, he, if he did do the crimes, he makes Jimmy Savile look like a fucking saint. So oh. there's Gillis de Rye. Um, he, was, he hailed from Brittany and was a knight and companion to Joan of Arc. Despite his prestigious title of knight, he was a vile human being with little regard for life. Gillis took a liking to children and derived pleasure from torturing, raping and eventually killing them. He confessed to being a child serial killer and his victim count is over 140 children. Some people say 600. In a span of nearly a decade, he was eventually caught and sentenced to be hanged to death and then his body burnt. 
when hundreds of parents of deceased children testified against him in 1440s. I thought, hmm, I'm going to look more into this. Like, what exactly did he do? So, in his confession, Rye... Now, this is fucking sick, so be warned, this is graphic. Rye said he committed his first assaults on children between spring 1432 and spring 1433. The first murders occurred at the Champ Toquet Soular, I can't pronounce French words, but no account of them survived. Shortly after, he moved to Machul, where, according to his confession, he killed or ordered to be killed a large but uncertain number of children after he sodomised them, which means he fucked them up the arse, basically. Yeah. The first documented case of child snatching and murder concerns a boy of 12 called Judon, first name unknown, an apprentice to the furrier, uh, Guyalamir Hillary, Rye cousins Gillis de Silly and Roger de Bricouville uh, asked the furrier to lend them the boy to take a message to Macul. And when Judon did not return, the two noblemen told the inquiring furrier that they were ignorant of the boy's whereabouts and suggested he had been carried off by thieves to be made into a page. At his trial, the events were attested to by Hilary and his wife, the boy's father, Jean Judon, and five others from Match Cool. In his 1971 biography of Rye, Jean Benedetti tells how the children who fell into Rye's hands were put to death. The boy was pampered and dressed in better clothes than he had ever known. The evening began with a large meal and heavy drinking, particularly Hippocrates, which acted as a stimulant. The boy was then taken to an upper room to which only Gillis and his immediate circle were admitted. There he was confronted with the true nature of the situation. The shock thus produced on the boy was an initial source of pleasure for Gillis. Um, he goes on to say that his bodyguard, Rai's bodyguard, Etienne Coralou, known as Poitou, was an accomplice in many of the crimes and testified that his master stripped the child naked and hung him with ropes from a hook to prevent him from crying out, then masturbated upon the child's belly or thighs. If the victim was a boy, he would touch his genitals, particularly testicles and buttocks. Taking the victim down, Rye comforted the child and assured him he only wanted to play with him. Rye then either killed the child himself or had the the child killed by his cousin or his bodyguard. The victims were killed by decapitation, cutting their throats, dismemberment or breaking their necks with a stick. A short, thick, double-edged sword called a Brankmard was kept at hand for the murders. Poitou further testified that Rye sometimes abused the victims, whether boys or girls, before wounding them and at other times after the victim had been slashed in the throat or decapitated. According to his bodyguard, Rye disdained the victim's sexual organs and took infinitely more pleasure oh in debauching God. himself in this manner than using their natural orifice in a normal manner. That's, I don't <coughs> really so fucked up. In his confession, he then testified that when the said children were dead, he kissed them and those who had the most handsome limbs and heads, he held up to admire them and had their bodies cruelly cut open and took delight at the sight of their inner organs. And very often when the children were dying, he sat on their stomachs and took pleasure in seeing them die and laughed. Oh my God. That's... He disposed of the bodies in his fireplace and the clothes of the victim were placed into the firepiece by piece. So they burned slowly and the smell was minimized. The ashes were then thrown into a cesspit, the moat or hiding places. That is a whole new level sick. Yeah, but they say that he maybe just said all of that so that he wouldn't be tortured into confessing it. Um, But the the rumour was that 
after he was involved in like the battles with Joan of Arc and stuff like that, because he was fucking rich and he was fame after that whole thing with Joan of Arc um, played out and she was killed as a witch by the English. He went back to his big castle and, and spent shitloads of money on fancy parties and clothes and stuff. <laughs> and a lot of kids went missing, apparently. Oh and um, it pissed off the Catholic Church. By so It all kicked off when he, he kidnapped a priest over a dispute. And um, he thinks that maybe this other duke who was jealous of his wealth and wanted his land... Um, was in league with the Catholic Church to basically tell, like, frame him for being a child killer, so he could take all his land. That's I have, and that he, in order, and he was losing money. So they said that the reason why he started killing kids was to um, a demon called Barry Barry or something wanted children um, in return for wealth, yeah, sacrifices oh. and stuff like that. But he was pissed off because he didn't get his riches back, so he was gone. <laughs> and he just carried on. That's crazy. It's actually sick. Do you think he might have done it or not? I think he did something. I don't know. It's Whether it's that up. extreme or not, I don't know. But <laughs> definitely did something. It's even I feel like, like he did it because if they were going to force him to confess to something that he didn't do, they could have made up something that was horrific and not that horrific. Well, he was either a really yeah. like cowardly person by like as in he didn't want to go through torture, or if he was really innocent, then you'd think he would go through torture just to prove that he was like not going to go like to save his own soul. If he was so, because he built but, churches and stuff like that. But even <laughs> if, he, if he just confesses because he don't want to be tortured, did it have to be that extreme? He could have just mm. said, "Yeah, I killed them." End the story. That's true. There's a lot of details and a lot of the parents yeah. and the missing children were there to testify to say that I mean there were loads of kids that went missing and they were poor people's kids so it was basically you know like he would basically take or send his bodyguard out to get these children and and then say well we're gonna make you we'll give you nice clothes and train you up to be a knight like me oh god or as an apprentice and that was how he lured them in and then tried to say that they disappeared by he sold them off to some other guy it's almost like he took pleasure in even telling these stories. Yeah, I think as well it's weird because he was associated with Joan of Arc, who was canonised as a saint, yet, yeah. like, he's a sadistic bastard. But then I suppose we've all worked <laughs> as shit people. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my um, serial killer stories. Yeah, I think you've disturbed so me a little bit. Mark. Yeah, he has disturbed yeah, me, I think. Quite horrific. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can top that, Mark. <laughs> I don't think I can. Will I, will I tell mine anyway? Yeah, of course, yeah. But it's just, I think I need, like, a happier one then. A happier I mean, I happy, yeah. <laughs> It's about a serial killer. <laughs> uh, I did, uh, I've looked at Belle Guinness. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's your name, because it's not, you don't pronounce it Guinness, do you? You have to accent it weirdly, but, so I'm just going to call her Guinness. What, like Guinness or something? Oh, that yeah. sounds pretty. Okay. Um, so, like mm-hmm. Belle was a six foot one overweight, um, really sexy person. <laughs> that that similarities between me and her end. <laughs> <laughs> sexy overweight, I enjoy that the description of her as being a sexy overweight, very tall woman. Like, what well, about say go her, not go her because she's evil, as I'll explain. But were it not for all the terrible things she did, go her, like. 
positive representation for big people. Anyway, before she was a big like person, she was a baby. <laughs> Say that again, Leslie. I said her name sounds like something the Boney M should sing about, you know. <laughs> Belle, Belle Guinness, she was a sexy woman. Who I don't know, she was six she foot was two. Six foot one, she was sexy <laughs> and round, son. And she'll kill yeah. you. <laughs> I don't know why I've turned into the B fifty two. Everyone should have a song about her. Um, so before she was a big giant woman, she was a baby. She was a baby. <laughs> At some point, she was born six foot one woman. And uh, she soon she she grew out of being a baby. I don't know why I'm telling this is such a weird story. <laughs> because I wanted a happy serial killer. Okay, I'll continue. With <laughs> so ah. she opted to stop being a baby, and one day was an adult. And in 1881, as an adult, she moved from Norway to America. She there because her sister worked there already, so her sister organised her passage for her, and she went to work there as a like sort of house servant slash maid type person. Because mm, I mean, your options were limited as a woman. Yeah. For yeah. jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't okay. her passion. Her passion was being an absolute fucking lunatic. But we'll get on to that. <laughs> so, Follow your dreams. So she'd been living in America for three years when she met her first husband, Mads. Uh, Sorensen. And he's called Matt. Four... Sorry. Did you say he was called Matt Sorensen? Mads is his first oh, Mads. name. Oh, like yeah. Mads, like Mads Michelson, right? Okay. Like, yeah, Mads Michelson. So he's Mads Sorensen. So basically the same guy. Just imagine Mads Michelson. Um, so I met him. They got married, and that's all lovely and all that. Uh, <laughs> So there you go, yes, there's a lovely bit for you. They got married. Imagine it was a really nice wedding. Good cake. Everyone was dead happy. Um, We know it was good cake because they both had a passion for sweet things and they opened a sweet shop. Very nice. So this is where her insanity starts to come in. So the sweet shop, it wasn't going very well. They weren't making a lot of money. And then it mysteriously burned down just after she took out a huge insurance claim on it. Hmm, so, H.H. Holmes would approve. Hmm. <laughs> he would indeed. Maybe she learned from him. Well, so Belle and Mads, perhaps after learning from H.H. Holmes, obviously received quite a large amount of money after that. They, uh-huh. After the shop burnt down, they went on to have four children and also to take in a foster child. So they had oh, five wow. children living with them all together. However, two of their children mysteriously died. Oh. Right after Belle had taken out life insurance on them. Oh, for fuck's sake. No way. Wait, that's just... No. So it was found that both of them... Basically, they both died of what appeared to be strychnine um, poisoning. Strychnine poisoning. Strychnine poisoning. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, but how can that be accidental? Well, the doctor in both cases said, well, that couldn't be accidental. Therefore, right. that wasn't what happened. So they, they both died at the same time? Uh, no. Separate deaths? Right. It was separate deaths, but both after having the insurance policy oh. taken out. So and basically, the same way insurance well. policy out one, they died of suspected strychnine poisoning. Mm. But the doctor said it couldn't be strychnine, po- strychnine poisoning. It must have been infant colitis. And right. they insurance policy on the second child and then the second child also died of suspected strychnine poisoning 
And then the oh. doctor again said, well, it couldn't be strychnine poisoning because that would have to have been deliberate, therefore it must have been yeah. I'm sorry, well, but what doctors, kind of fucking quack yeah. doctor is this? He's like in cahoots with them. Doctor's definitely in cahoots. I was like, she paid the doctor off or something. Yeah, well, she must be sucking his dick no or something. It gets Basically, yeah. <laughs> oh, this was obviously the so this was the paediatrician, right? Mm. So then, uh, on just under a year later, Belle's husband Mads died. Did, let me guess. Did you take out insurance on him? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Leslie, she had taken out insurance on him, but wow. he died on the day that the insurance policy she'd previously had for him and the new insurance policy overlapped because <laughs> there can only ever be a 24-hour overlap period of insurance policies. And he oh, died okay. on okay. the day of the 24-hour overlap. And guess oh. what he died of? Strychnine poisoning? Well, it looked like strychnine poisoning, but the doctor... But it was actually the cold. must have been an enlarged heart because <laughs> he accidentally had strychnine poisoning. That's ridiculous. Did she go to the same doctor? No, that was a the what? one so doctor. doctor with him. I'm confused. Right, did he, I'm guessing this was back in the olden days, right, when maybe doctors just couldn't believe that women could kill that people. Women would do that. But then poison is, is it like the... a weapon of choice for women, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. <sighs> I don't know. I think maybe yeah. it was because she was so sexy. Maybe all the doctors right. were like, "Oh, this big oh, sexy pretty girls She kind of killed no one. She's too pretty to murder someone. Maybe they wanted a piece of her. Like, maybe well, she was shagging them, like you say. So. Yeah, maybe. she probably was banging them. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah what happened? a lot of banging and a lot of murder, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she went on to, so she took all of the money from the insurance from the fire, the insurance from the death of her two children and the insurance from the death of her and bought an absolutely massive farm in Indiana. Okay. As you did. Shortly I thought you were going to say she opened like 50 candy shops, <laughs> like brothel nope. or something. Yeah. No, she bought a farm, so she became a farmer. Okay. Um, shortly after she bought the farm in <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> All of the boathouses on the farm burned down, and shortly after that, one of the carriage houses burned down, and shortly after that, all of the other carriage houses burned down. <laughs> Was that strychnine poisoning? We <laughs> <laughs> all had enlarged hearts. But they insured. <laughs> were they all insured as well? They were all insured, Jazz. How did you know? Oh my God. It's like your psychic. psychic. Yeah. So, so she's also a fraudster and a serial killer. Mm hmm. She's a female, what, H.H. Holmes, yeah, basically. Then... Also, she's his mum. So things started, you know, bobbing along nicely. She didn't murder anyone for a while. In 1902, she met a man called Peter Guinness. They weren't related. Um, and they married. So then they were, mm -hmm. was technically related. Was she married men. Norwegian men? Uh, yeah, I think everyone she marries is Norwegian. Probably just stick to the same kind of... Yeah, all of her husbands were weak. I think I read somewhere about her that she was luring them in by writing an advert for a husband and then yep. they would come over. Right, okay, mm -hmm. sorry. Right, okay. <laughs> okay, so... She married Peter and then six days later, Peter's daughter... He uh -huh. had two daughters. He was a widower. Oh, no. two daughters. And six weeks, six days, sorry, later, his daughter died in, a, and this is um, from her medical report, a tragic accident. <laughs> it's the same cops from Wales. And then, 
almost one year later to the day from when his youngest daughter died, Peter died in a tragic accident. Does there any details about what the accident was? It was a farming accident. Well, being poisoning. There isn't any detail in the reports of their deaths because both were just recorded as a tragic accident. However, his surviving older daughter, uh, when our teacher was talking about it in school, said that she didn't know what happened to her little sister, but her mum killed her dad with a meat cleaver and that she saw her do that. Fucking hell, Ooh, that's an what? accident. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do so, it. The teacher went to the police and they opened an inquest into the deaths and Belle had to go and defend herself at the inquest and people decided that really such a kind-hearted and beautiful woman and a good businesswoman wouldn't have beaten a man never mind a small child to death and therefore released okay that's crazy Shortly after this, she was she hired because she was finding it hard to run the farm on her own. She hired a farmhand called Roy. I think it was Lampshire. I've only written down his first name for some reason, but it's Lampshire or Meyer or something like that. His name's Roy anyway. So she hired this guy called Roy. Now Roy fell madly in love with her because of course, and then became angry. Because, as Leslie said, she started basically, like, inventing Tinder. Oh! (laughs) This was obviously, like, pre-personal ads. Mm. She was taking out ads in local newspapers, national (laughs) papers, and newspapers that were specifically targeted at Norwegian citizens of America or traveling prints. Basically saying that she was a tall, beautiful Norwegian woman who was independently wealthy and that she was looking for a tall, handsome Norwegian man who was also independently wealthy for them to put their wealth together. Oh, I thought it was that that it would be like um, she wasn't looking for wealthy men, she was just looking for like gold diggers to lure them in with her wealth. So they weren't actually interested in her, they were just interested in her money? I think she said in um, several of her ads that men without money um, or who weren't interested in starting a relationship shouldn't respond to her. So no, she oh, okay. for rich guys. So it's I'd imagine that maybe there's... Not, yeah. yeah. I'd imagine yeah. that maybe some men might pretend that they've got wealth. Yeah. Because that would be very um, tempting for a lot of people. Yeah. Which p- people do that anyway. Even yeah. Younger, they pretend to have money so they can marry into money. Yeah, and that's well, true. Like, oh, no, I'm bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of these guys start through the sort of Norwegian grapevine, asking questions about Belle and finding out how hot she is. So actually, there are loads of guys showing up at the house. Now, Roy, despite the fact that he had said that he fancied Belle to people, doesn't say anything. Like, nothing else happens, basically, with Roy. That should be the end of the story with Roy. However, Belle's just randomly going around town saying to anyone who listen, oh, all these men are coming round to mine for dates because I'm so attractive, and Roy mm. just get over it. Roy is so upset. <laughs> Roy's kicking off. Roy's never stopping going on about it. Roy is so angry. Now, people in the town that she's living in think this is weird because Roy's not mentioning it to anyone and is just going about his normal business, but she's telling everyone that Roy's obsessed with her. And Something tells me that this is a clue. <laughs> well, <laughs> so... 
as time goes on, she ends up firing Roy. Now, Roy tells people that he's not sure why he's being fired. Just Bell told him that it wasn't working out and that he was fired. Uh, he's upset about this. He's got it really hard, but he's like, fine. She hires another guy from the town called Joe Moxon. However, Bell tells anyone who listen that she had to fire Roy because he was so obsessed with her and it was all he ever talked about. And that neither of them were getting any work done because he was just constantly going on about he didn't want her to go on dates. He didn't want her to go on dates. He just wanted her to spend time with him. And it was endless and she just couldn't deal with it. So for that reason, she had to fire him and hire Joe instead. Again, people are like, I don't really know why you're telling us this, but cool. On yourself, Belle. (laughs) Belle She sounds a bit mental as well, doesn't she? She probably is. She's got a, what was that? Um, she's got a wandering womb. <laughs> or she sounds crazy. like a total. <laughs> she's hysterical. <laughs> she's got a wandering womb. <laughs> she sounds like a total narcissist. Like she's totally yeah. in the middle of herself. Yeah. Definitely. So uh-huh. one day, Belle then bursts into her lawyer's office. <laughs> bursts in. <laughs> and says that she needs to speak to her lawyer immediately. And her lawyer meets with her and she says, I want you to know that if anything ever happens to me, it's Roy. It's Roy. He's shown up the farm again. Every time I'm on my own, he just shows up and starts shouting at me. He said that he he can't live without me and he's going to burn me. He's going to burn me. He can't have his nobody can. Now, again, this gets back to Roy and Roy's like, I've not been anywhere near her farm. Like, I, she's fit, but I I don't care. Like, I don't know what she's on about. And obviously he's kind of started to go off her because she's going around the town telling everyone that he's meant yeah. to. Oh my God. She's then six days thing. later. Yeah. <laughs> Belle's house mysteriously goes up in flames. Mysteriously, yeah. <laughs> Is it Roy? <laughs> it was well, Roy, wasn't it? That Joe bastard Roy. Of uh, Mox and fame is living on the farm but the bit of the house that he's living in so he's the new farmhand doesn't go up in flames however the whole rest of the house does he's on into it to save anyone or to fight the fire by the time people get there to put the fire out it's already completely destroyed all of bell's entire family are dead inside oh my god where's bell well when they go to (laughs) sorry it isn't funny because it's horrific but you will laugh (laughs) when they go to investigate bell's bedroom they find the headless body of a woman. Oh my god! Surrounded that... by teeth. Right. Now Who's... the teeth are checked what? and are confirmed by Belle's dentist to be Belle's oh, teeth. Oh for fuck's sake! That's she crazy. She's fucking pulled her own teeth out and put yeah, them next to some pulled. random. Well, yeah. nobody knows where the head went, and also the body is of a woman who is between four foot nine and five foot tall. <laughs> Maybe she shrank when you know with the heat. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Roy shrank her in one of his jealous rages. Had shrink skeletons, to be fair. So I don't know. So you would imagine that obviously people would continue their investigations and try to work out what happened here. However, the police arrest Roy and say that clearly because the information was like the lawyer, he had threatened to burn them. They had been burned. They also declare Belle dead because they said, well, we found her teeth. teeth Corpse must belong to her because otherwise where would the teeth have come from? Mm. And I'm assuming that the, 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 oh no, because there was no head, so they couldn't check the skull for teeth. Right. That's ingenious. Right. Okay. Carry on. That is a proper (laughs) fake your own death. She's well better than H.H. Holmes. She actually did manage to fake her own death. 
Well, no, so, but hang on a second. Did you? Would you not think it would be a bit odd that her head had disappeared, but their teeth were there? Like, how? Oh, how was that even possible? Like, stupid. where? Where the fuck? What? You, you can. The fire was so hot that her head just... exploded, but her teeth didn't, and her body shrank. <laughs> you know, one of those fires. Her whole head like just melted. Oh, no, so the teeth were left over. One of those yeah. terrible, terrible Roy fires. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> so, fucked up. Basically, that again should be the end of the story. However, in 1908, so one of the many men who came to visit Bell. Basically, there was some of these guys that came to visit Bell and basically stayed the night, banged, left. There was some guys that came to visit Bell and, for example, one of the men was never seen of or heard from again. However, his mm-hmm. knew that he'd gone to visit Bell mm-hmm. and was constantly on at the police to kind of investigate this and the police were refusing to do so. And he was saying, well, but he went to visit this woman and they were like, no, she's a very respectable woman. So then when she died, he continued to badger the police and said, well, can you search round the house to see if there's any remains? This went back and forth. And eventually in 1908, the police agreed that they would dig up next to the house. So where the house, because basically nobody could live in the house anyway. It had been badly fire yeah. damaged, so they were like, fine. Mm-hmm. So I think just to kind of humour the guy, the police were like, to get him to shut up, we'll dig outside the house. <laughs> they dug up the flower bed in front of Belle's house and they found... Uh, the body of Jenny, Bell's oldest daughter, who didn't live with them and wasn't caught in the fire. So it turned out people thought Jenny had moved away. Oh, they just thought that she didn't live there. And so, so like, like the West, remember they said that their daughter, Charmaine, um, yeah. went away, ran away, and it turns out she was uh-huh. under the fucking patio uh-huh. all along. That's crazy. Oh. Well, the police then went and dug up the back garden, so very similarly. They found mm-hmm. the body of two Ajet still nowadays unidentified children. Found the body of the man that's brother was insistent that they dig up the gardens. They also found the bodies of six other men. So then they started They might have been like the letter responders. Yep. Oh, you know. So then they started digging up the rest of the farm. Jesus Christ. And they found the bodies of 35 other men, women and children. Fucking hell. 35. 35. 35. 35. So what was she doing? Was she taking her stuff or or Like, why would she, like, is that why she was looking for wealthy men? Maybe she Sorry, was. I realise I'm nodding vigorously. You yeah. can't see that either. Because she's basically girls. taking their money. It's just clicked. So that's why she was specifically asking for wealthy men to come over so that they could sign over whatever, um, like maybe a dowry or something. Like she maybe agreed to marry them, but you need to set, um, set up a, like a joint account with me and then she happens to kill them and then takes all their shit. She wasn't that actually married. Exactly oh, see, I'm a better cop than <laughs> You foiled her plans. Oh my god! But it's too late. Okay. She's already faked her own death, and she's probably away finding her identity somewhere else. Which means she could still be doing it, like after that. Well, or maybe she won't. Maybe she's in gone. In 1931, oh, an elderly woman named Esther Carlson was arrested for a double murder, where she basically set fire to a building and killed two people. One of whom she take she had um, claim over an insurance policy for. Mm, interesting. Um, when Esther Carlson's picture was put out in national newspapers, multiple people from the town that 
Bell lived in. Oh, also Esther Carlson, Norwegian. Multiple mm. people from the town that Bell lived in contacted the police to say that extremely large old <laughs> is <laughs> Bell. Did she have any teeth? She said that it couldn't be Bell because she was dead and it was never investigated and Esther Carlson died in prison, so nobody knows whether they're the same person or not. Yeah, but did Esther have teeth? But, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, would her teeth not be missing? But she had false teeth, but she would have been mm. an old woman at that uh, point. Like, come on, that's that's definitely That's hard. like sus. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, I can't imagine that many women are going around no teeth. Unless and then you normal. have to think as well, if they found the bodies of what... What's that? 30, well, 31, but then there was also the other members of her family and so on that she killed. So you're talking about 40 odd people, yeah, so maybe she's... almost 50 people. Then if she is Esther Carlson, the two people that Esther killed, so that's like, say, your mid 40s, but this is from 1908 until 1931. So if she was already murdered, like, imagine how many people she's killed in between. I think she's probably killed hundreds of people. Wow. I mean, I mean, they, they say there's not really a lot of women serial killers, but if she, if there was a competition for the best women serial killer, she would win hands down. Do you know, do you know, oh my God, I can't believe I, like, I didn't do this, but, like, wow. there's two women serial killers that are Egyptian. That oh, is not, Like, oh, my God, I should have done, like, Ryan Sakina. They're, like, famous women serial killers. I've never heard of them. What was this? Oh, wait, so... Is this recent um, or is it? No, they the early 1900s. Oh, oh, tell us about them now. Um, oh God, I just what, 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 what? So see, when we were kids, whenever we went to Egypt uh-huh. and we like went to the market or something, we'd yeah. always get told, "Oh, make sure you're not wearing any jewellery. Make sure you stay with your mum. Don't go wandering off because Brian Skina like kidnapped children and killed them. Uh-huh. So like, make sure you behave because you know parents like to lie to their yeah, like people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then it was only when I was older that I realised they actually are real women, and but they were in Cairo, and you can actually go visit their house and stuff. So what they used to do is they would um like they would sell like fabrics and stuff near the market in their flat, and they would go to like the markets, and there'd be all these like rich women buying like fabrics and whatever else they're buying in the market, and they would like lure them into their flat. And they would like kill them in the flat and like steal all their jewelry and stuff. Um, and they had like their two husbands would like help them, but they were the ones that were doing the killing. Like the husbands would just kind of help like be lookouts and stuff like that. Um, and they were like, they were, I don't know how they were caught to be honest. I, I don't really know their full story, but when they were caught, um, basically then the police went into their, their flat and all the women are buried underneath the flat. And it's just, horrific but yeah they were they were real they were like actually real women and in Cairo you can like go there's a museum exhibition about them and you can go like visit their house because there's like see yeah, you get, like, that's what I love about the Egyptians like yeah. if there was anywhere else they would fucking demolish that house but they're no, props. you can go up. visit it you can totally go visit it I don't know how many Why people like have... oh. I don't know about that um, when I went to Egypt because um, I've been to Cairo I would have been well there yeah, I'd actually if I ever go to Cairo again, I'm going to go to the That'd be so cool. Yeah. Oh, we should go to Egypt. That'd be so fun. But yeah, I know they were like the they were the first ever women to be uh, executed in Egypt as well. Wow. So yeah, if we ever do a serial killer thing again, I'm going to do them properly. What's cause... the method of execution in Egypt? Um, I don't know to be honest. 
have no idea. Anyone to shoot they, they hang people or they shoot them, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Imagine they be shooting. Okay. But yeah, I'm going to keep them for if we ever do serial killers again. Do them, but like <laughs> research them properly. Because all I know is like what we were told as kids to be scared of them. The well, like, they're like they are a myth and they're not a myth. Yeah, exactly. Like they are actually. It's actually real. interesting they're because the parents are kids. yeah taking a real serial killers and turning them into a myth. Yeah. Which I can't think of it's any other it. serial. I mean, maybe like you were going to do the killer clown John Wayne yeah. Gacy, mm. and yeah, people are scared of clowns. I don't like clowns, but if you if you see John Wayne Gacy's clown makeup, I mean that is yeah, fucking scary shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's very pointy. Like they say, if you're if you are a children's entertainer and you you have clown makeup, you want to avoid pointy makeup because it looks like it's scary. It's it's very yeah. severe. You want nice round, friendly makeup styles like curves, yeah, like Ronald McDonald, not. The kind of makeup that John Wayne Wayne Gacy was putting on his head, and and there's a there's this is a fucked up fact right to end this podcast on, but there's a clown music there's a clown registry where any As clown has to yeah like a pedo yeah. sex offender registry. There's a clown registry where if you're a clown and you have you have to have your own unique makeup and to register say like to copyright your makeup. Every clown um, has to. Um, every clown's makeup gets put on an egg, and it's held in this museum I registry. I've this before because that's. And I wonder if Gacy's on there. Oh my god! It's like clown makeup trademark or something. Yeah, and they're painted on an egg. How fucked up is that? And all, there's so there's a room somewhere. I can't remember where it is, but there's a place where there's a room just full of little men, like eggs, hens' eggs. With painted clown makeup on it. Oh, that's so creepy and weird. That's really weird. And no one else can have that makeup, obviously. Yeah. So. But then they have to do exactly the same every single I don't know where they send the clown police around a few days. Clown police going, oh, that line is a little bit out. It's that's a bit out as well. <laughs> I know. Um, I got me. So, yeah. No, I'm at the phone. Do you know what the hell is happening? What the heck am I at the phone? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I am sorry. Next week, my dad was checking if I was still because he's like, "You've been in there for two hours. What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm the phone." Yeah. you mention the names of those uh, mythical serial killers, and you'd be like, "Oh no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they've come through." <laughs> Okay, right. Well, this is quite a long podcast, but yeah, we have been away for two. Like, we haven't loaded one last week, so it's a, a extra long one for you guys to in, enjoy. And serial killers, it's yeah, it's a hot topic. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many we could talk about. Um, and I'm sure there will be more out there somewhere. Like, I, I think every country probably has its own serial killer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's any countries that don't have serial killers. Probably. Maybe one we could Maybe look into as well, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep Scotland serial has serial killer. Uh, we've got Peter Manuel. He was our serial killer, and Tobin. I suppose you could count him as serial killer. And Bible John. In fact, that's free. Oh dear. <laughs> we just got a Scottish uh, serial killer. In an topic. earlier podcast that we did with mystery murders, Peter Tobin, mm. Peter Tobin, and Bible John came up, but nobody actually knows okay. who Bible John was. 
So we've got our own sort of Jack the Ripper character. I say that like I'm proud of it, you know. Yeah, you did say <laughs> that like. And we not. <laughs> Have you got your own Jack the Ripper? No. Right. Exactly. All right. We pick a okay. number for next week. Yeah, it's your turn, yes. Uh, number eight. Number eight. Uh, number eight is Curses and Hexes. Oh, nice. Okay. Curses and Hexes. Cool. Make this some Egyptian stuff then. Be fun. Oh, yeah. Do that. I don't know what I'm going to do. So we'll, we'll see. Great. Well, thank you very much, guys, for listening to our wonderful podcast about serial killers. I say wonderful because our podcast is wonderful. I'm going to big ourselves up. (laughs) We are. Yeah. Um, So I've been Leslie Anderson. That's been Mark Dornan and Yasmin. Um, I don't really know what. It's just Yasmin. (laughs) (laughs) You've literally known me for like over 30 years. What for what? Surname to refer to you as. I never changed my name. Okay. Yeah, we've already said that it's just going to be Yasmin, as in Madonna. So, yeah. yeah. No, um, like Yaz, like the singer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good choice. And we will speak to you. We will be back next week with Curses and Hexes. So, bye. Bye. Crystal Man Crystal Man Crystal